Welcome to Kondo Comrades, our podcast about Maria Kondo, her books, her show, uh, most importantly, her haters, everything in the wide-ranging Kondoverse. I am your host, Eric Kaoli, aka The Skincare Spender, Young Ube Ice Cream, aka The Pocket Influencer. Uh, with me here, Kenneth Deakins, aka Mr. Yikes, Kenny Kondo, The Book Burner, The Misogyny Monitor, aka The Duke of Social Distancing, and the rumor-mongering clown. Um, yeah, we got some new nicknames that we we picked up from Animal Crossing. So yeah, enjoy that. that. Well, that was... There's that one, and there's the Duke of um, Social Distancing, which I appreciated. That's yeah. A, that's a good one. Yeah, you I, surprised I think, me with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, I need to get um, theme a new nickname for me to do with these uncertain times, these uh, oh. unprecedented times and i was like i can't call myself corona kaoli or coronavirus covid kaoli or something like that that i mean it's probably insensitive and um i mean there's there's enough like uh hate crimes going on against Asian Americans <laughs> right now so i shouldn't call attention to that uh yeah so we're recording a new one of these we haven't in a while why are we doing this kenny i like i like the suggestion that that you would accidentally call yourself typhoid, the typhoid Mary uh, <laughs> <laughs> of modern times. Just like, that's a cool nickname. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's two reasons. One, just sort of coronavirus. It's causing a lot of people to, to be in their homes with not a lot to do but tidy. And two, because the coronavirus did not knock all of the haters out. You know, they're still going <laughs> no. strong. Firing, 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 firing on all cylinders to to hate. Yeah, we we tried to step out of the game, but they're pulling us back in. Uh, one person in particular is pulling us back in, and I'm sure everyone was expecting. Yeah, everyone out there, all the <laughs> <laughs> all the Kondo Comrades fans were salivating for a new episode, um, hitting us up like, "Where is it? Um, we we need that work." Uh, so, as if you're a regular listener, you'll know we begin every episode with some apologies and um this is a pretty common one we're apologizing for recording another podcast because i think it's it's been surprising at how much how many podcasts have launched during this period because people are bored and also more surprising how much people don't want to listen to podcasts it's it it definitely is just sort of the, the 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 podcast market is flooded and collapsing at the same time because everyone listens to them while they're at work and now everyone's working from home or like you listen to them like comedian now everyone's just working from home and you're just like oh, i'll just watch tv instead because podcasts are just like the niche that's like you can't watch tv at work yeah um and now you can stream everything while you're while you're probably not working anyway yeah yeah um <laughs> And, and because, again, as I said, a lot of us are bored. Everybody is deciding to launch podcasts, return to podcasts. We're, we're an example of that. And there's just a lot of low-quality stuff that we're adding to out there. Yep. So, apologies for that. And, um, I mean, do we want to get into that at all anymore? Is there more to it than that? Uh, I don't think so. I think we're just piling more shit onto the mountain of shit that is yeah <laughs> is po- is the podcast yeah and um so the other apology in advance will be for us feeling the need to 
to comment on um for two men in particular to jump into this conflict that mostly involves women participating in this and uh yeah, it's not a good look, <laughs> but here, here we are looking the way we are. <laughs> <laughs> we we are here looking like that. Yeah, and, and also, I you know, we're just adding to a culture of shaming people. <laughs> because what what else is this podcast? If uh, shaming haters. <laughs> I mean, I I like to think that we're not totally shaming them, and that. Uh, deep down, we all understand that haters are part of part of the ecosystem of content that mm-hmm. we participate in. And I mean, how are we helping the situation? Are we? Can we? Question, like questions think. for us to think about. As we I, I like to just blow right by those sorts of questions and just <laughs> proceed without any sort of self reflection or wondering. Um, just just a little bit of detached irony. To, to give yourself sort of intellectual cover while you engage in whatever you want. <laughs> All right, let's so let, let's think about how to to approach this in a um I don't know, in a way that doesn't make it shittier than it already is. Uh what what's been your coronavirus situation like in these unprecedented times? Um, so I I live in New York um and you know, as thing as things were started ramping up, um, it was sort of we got the we got the like call like relatively early that we could start working from home um, at work, and I started started working from home, and we like stocked up on groceries and stuff because I've been like reading some stuff about how this was like serious, and that it was gonna you know gross- things were gonna go wild for a little bit. Um, and then we ended up leaving to stay with Claire's uh, family in Vermont, which has been a, a, a good decision, I think, because there's just a lot more space than our small apartment. And even though there are five people in it, um, I've been able to like run every day and like go outside mm-hmm. and stuff instead of being trapped in this cramped space um, with only like one other person to talk to. And we were... I know a lot of people got in shit, not entirely unreasonable for like leaving New York, but we did, I think we did a good job of like, we drove straight through and we made sure that her, her family had gotten like food in advance. So once we were here, like nobody left for two weeks, we did like a proper quarantine in Vermont to make sure that we weren't introducing, introducing coronavirus into Vermont, which has been relatively mild. Um, but now, now we're here, and we've been here for like two months now, and it's looking like we're going to be here for a while, because working from home is continuing, and we don't want to travel more than we have to or anything like that. Um, and Vermont has bad weather in the spring. I don't know if you know this. Claire always told me this, but we never went here in the spring. Mm-hmm. But it's been wet and cold. Um, but it's starting to actually look like summer, which is very exciting. Well, I'm glad you're you're all healthy and safe. And I guess we should have led with that. Like, <laughs> hey, you haven't you haven't heard of us, heard from us in uh, four months, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're still alive. Uh, yeah, um, 
we've also been doing pretty well. Uh, we are my my partner and I were both very fortunate that we can work from home, and um, that we have like we have the room to like set up our own private spaces so that we're not getting in each other's way. Um, most of, yeah, all my family is doing pretty well. Um, there was like my my mom was stuck in the Philippines for a bit uh, when this was all popping off. And that was a bit worrisome for like a few weeks trying to figure out how to get her home because um, yeah, things were kind of fucked up there in terms of like flights and just dealing with all that. But eventually she's she's self-quarantining. She self-quarantined once she got back in, uh, to Florida and she's doing fine. Everybody's doing fine, except probably for my, my sister. She's um, She's a nurse and she hasn't had a chance to um, spend time with her children just because her floor has a bunch of uh, COVID-19 patients. So they aren't even staying at her house anymore. They're staying with uh, their grandma for a bit and she can't really come into contact with them. But other than that, at least everybody's healthy and nobody's sick. And that's something to be grateful for. That's... um. It's, it's, you know, wild to hear. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that everyone's okay. But I think that, like, really gets to just, like, you know, like, not being able to see your kids is just deeply yes. affecting. It's fucked up. Um, and we, we, I hope everybody out there listening has been, been dealing with it okay. I know it's hit harder for, for, I don't know, it can just hit harder for different people. And, uh, it, especially if like i don't know so many people are out of work right now and just worrying about where the rent money is going to come from it's things are fucked up and i don't know, I, wor- I worry about a lot about other people how, how been, this is affecting them we were there's a vine we or i guess tiktok i mean vine is old as shit and doesn't exist <laughs> yeah and this little kid just going walking down the street with his mom going things are not okay yeah <laughs> i think that like really 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 or things are not right which i think really mm-hmm. just cuts to the core but this is everything's fucked up and um it's gonna be fucked up and that's our life now um yeah it kind of how are we going to lead into this 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 segment on on um Maria Kondo haters from this uh something i i recall seeing from the person we're going to talk about Allison Roman is she had a tweet like maybe a month or so ago with and it went something like i hope uh i come out of this um i i come out out of the this uh, coronavirus situation without being canceled and that my shallot recipe pops off and that that didn't end up happening for her (laughs) well she got one or two Um. yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i I wish i could i could read that verbatim i should have prepared for that um but uh, (laughs) do do we want to transition into talking about some ray condo haters yeah I i think the ideal transition would be you know, I, while coronavirus is probably her biggest hater, um, we have some other less 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 extreme haters to talk about <laughs> as well. Yeah, 
Oh, uh, so why don't we? Why don't you tell me a bit about um just to introduce me to this drama we're gonna get get into because you're the one who who instant messaged me about this and like <laughs> it, it was like a like a bat signal like we gotta get we gotta we gotta bring the team back together for this one. One one last job. Sure. Um, yeah. So this is about this is Allison Roman who um Claire's a big fan of her um and is kind of like a. My understanding is like cookbook or recipe. Um, there, there's a word for this that I'm missing, but recipe guru, you know, sort of a person who has like a cookbook and like a cooking blog. Um, yeah. So she, uh, she, her work appears in the New York Times, Bon Appetit, and uh, she has a, a book called Dining In, which is very popular, also. Yeah, yeah, and so that was that was mine, and we we've eaten her her red her shallot red sauce recipe. Um, that was pretty good and that was that's sort of about what i knew of her um and i popped on twitter which i've actually been using a lot less of um for that's like one of the th- ways i've improved my life is being on twitter <laughs> less but i like yeah. pop in a couple times a day to just check in and everyone was talking about her um and i was like i gotta see what this is all about and so i guess i'll get into this is like deep into this interview at some website called the new consumer which already is yikes to me Mm -hmm. yeah um but anyway i guess to add a a little context it's like an interview in a magazine about sort of branding with with that as a focus which is why this this topic kind of kept up or got brought up go on yeah and it's a pretty long interview and i just i i skipped I skipped a lot of it, just control found um, for a condo and read read the relevant portion and was like, okay, that was, <laughs> that was not the best thing I've ever heard someone say. It's not great. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so here's the question and the answer. There's a fine line be- between consumption and pollution, right? I think, I think that's why I really enjoy what I do because you're making something, but it goes away. Like the idea that when Marie Kondo decided to capitalize on her fame and make stuff that you can buy, that is completely antithetical to everything she's ever taught. You know, like, I'm like, damn, bitch, you fucking just sold out immediately. Someone's like, you should make stuff. And she's like, okay, slap my name on it. I don't give a shit. That's the thing. You don't need a ton of equipment in your kitchen to make great food. For the low, low price of $19.99, please buy my cutting board. Like, no, find the stuff that you love and buy it support businesses and makers if it feels greedy unless something just simply didn't exist that i wish existed but that would make an inventor which i'm not like well chrissy deganism is so crazy to me she's a successful cookbook and then it was like boom line at target boom now she has an instagram page that has over a million followers where it's just like people running a content farm for her that horrifies me and it's not something that i ever want to do Unaspired to that, but like, who's laughing now? Because he's just making a fun of, ton of fucking money. Uh, All right, so let's let's. I guess there's a whole list of of um problematic things going on here that we can go through, and the the one that immediately stands out is the optics of Alison Roman being a, a Caucasian woman picking as her two examples two uh, Asian women. And uh, as to to in a negative light, and uh, calling them sellouts, and um, kind of pointing out inauthenticity 
in them. And uh, what exacerbates that issue is her phrasing here, which I, I think you, you didn't quite say it. She said, um, for the low price of 1999, please to buy my cutting board as in a very, um, very broken English sort of, uh, sort of an impression that you would do of how an Asian person talks, which a lot of people immediately zeroed in on. And like I said, the optics are not great on that at all. And she even tries to explain it away, I think, in a response when she was initially called out for this by, um, it's actually a phrase from something else that her and her friends do. And that it was just, I guess, an unfortunate coincidence that it was, she she said it while talking about two Asian, I mean, two Asian women. Yeah, I mean, I heard her, she's talking about like Eastern European, mm-hmm. like cookbooks or something, but it was like, or not cookbooks, but like from pulling from Eastern European, like you're still making fun of someone's broken English from a different language, mm-hmm. which um feels feels kind of shit. Yeah. Um, so that was, uh, that was also it was like okay, so like some Mercando is like not making stuff. She is like a she's like essentially like curating like other people's products in her store, but she's not like. She's not like a manufacturing line with like a uh, like a cutting board that she stamps something on. It's like hey, it's like a, it's a store where it's sort of like here's um, here's stuff that I think is good quality that, sh- that you should buy, and it's sort of like a curation process. And Claire actually has bought um, pajamas from this her her store, mm, and she got she got them. And she was sent, she was telling me that like so the actual the actual people who make them are Australian. And, um, you know, she, she'd wanted them for a while, but with all the stuff, she didn't want to order something from Australia and, and with, with all this, she needed like pajamas and it was basically just like, it was in the store and they had already had it in stock in the USA. So it was kind yeah. of just like, oh, Hey, it's, it's just like convenient. You know, it's like they've done the logistics of getting it here. Um, mm-hmm. and it's sort of, it's sort of, but they're not like. They're not just like, okay, we're going to make a factory and we're going to stamp my name on it. Yeah. We, which is what um, um, Allison... Is that is that a dismissive to just call her by her first name? Should, should we go full name, last name? How do we do this? I think I'll do it. I don't yeah, know. Uh, yeah, because we, we, don't, we don't know her. Well, I don't know if you know her. You're, you're in New York too, so... You... It's true. Yeah, everybody knows each other up there. Um, yeah, but um, just just the way that that's how she describes it, like that. Uh, she's she's a she's a sellout who just went ahead and let let her name be slapped on maybe things that are of low quality that people don't need, and which is not the case. Yeah, and uh, just, even the way that I know Chrissy Teigen um, responded to this that uh essentially she's been accused of just running a content farm and like exploiting her her sudden fame to just sell everybody a bunch of stuff that they might not necessarily need um and she oh man (laughs) do do we we do we want to talk about the chrissy teigen side of it too i think we should a little bit so i i i don't really know that much about chrissy teigen other than John Legend, and she's at that basketball game, and she's like pretty active on Twitter in terms of 
she's constantly in shit like this. Yeah, so um, she, I think, came up as a model and became really famous on Twitter with just... I don't, I don't know if I want to say she's being very authentic and calling people out or just like not really having a filter for a while was what she kind of was famous for in a way that you don't typically see uh, someone who's famous, um, someone who's been a model be on, on social media. And she also released a very successful cookbook and as a result, she had like a whole line of, of products also um, uh, under her name, like, like uh, Allison mentioned with target, I think. And um, just, she, she saw a lot of success with her cookbook and she's gotten a lot of fame from that. And she, when she saw these tweets, I think she revealed that she was slated to be the executive producer on a future television program that Allison Roman was going to be in. Uh-oh. And, yeah. And that uh, she just didn't expect this because she was such a huge fan of her, of Allison Roman's work. She loved her cookbook. She loved her recipes and she was uh, publicly supportive of her work. And so this all took her by surprise and she took offense to it. And I think up to this point, when Chrissy Teigen commented on it on Twitter, like, Alison Roman was very um, like, oh, you just didn't understand what I was trying to say or my stuff was taken out of context. But as soon as Chrissy Teigen um, voiced her displeasure with the comment she made in the interview, she was like, oh, I just emailed you and apologize and I did not mean to offend you. And this is not how I want to be seen as, as tr- trying to um, to tear other women down. Uh, yeah, so that was the the response, uh, Alison Roman's response to Chrissy Teigen taking issue with this. Yeah, it was um, yeah, yeah, she's 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 been in the shit mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of times. She she had that tweet about like always throwing away her AirPods. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she didn't. We don't don't misrepresent it. Her mom lost oh. her AirPods. Uh, very often and she would buy so she would have to buy, purchase her mom several a month uh, to yeah. replace them and and <laughs> I mean to in their defense they seem like they're very easy to lose yeah uh, <laughs> and um, yeah so Allison Roman was dragged for like all week all weekend for this online and I, I know she just went dark on Twitter for a bit because of it, as did Chrissy Teigen, who who took her account private despite having 1.2 million <laughs> followers. <laughs> yeah, Chris, Chrissy Teigen is always good for stuff like that. Just yeah, please, please, still executive produce my show, um, <laughs> Teigen. Um, yeah. So that was. Have we summarized the drama? What What else is there to take offense with the sort of things that uh, Alison Roman said? before we we start um going into what she actually was trying to say yeah well i, I just want to say Chrissy and i had a really good tweet from a couple of days ago that was and if anyone needs a lesson on how less is more please look at the amazing marie kondo who so very wisely didn't say shit through any of this um which is yeah. very true 
<laughs> oh yeah, because the the Mariah Kondo defense force definitely came out as soon as this happened. Like, how dare you speak speak about this woman? She just she just wants to help us tidy, um, and that you're 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 just just trying to tear her down to elevate yourself. And yeah, like she pretty Miss um, uh, Kondo pretty much just stayed out of this. She maybe she's just above it. Maybe she just doesn't didn't even hear about it. She's too busy uh, um, just enjoying her life. Yeah, it's probably true. Unless it's just like I don't know. It's 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 just always obviously like the best response is to not get involved in this shit. Mm -hmm. It's it. You always come out looking the best if you are just above it all. Yeah. we're not above it all, which is why we're here. <laughs> no, which is why we we are we are what the 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 fifth um, best Marie Kondo podcast <laughs> out of five. Also, <laughs> which is why we're not get we're not getting those uh those five star reviews from Blizzard Jesus. Oh boy. Um, yeah. So, so since since she didn't uh come out to um. To make a statement about any of this, we had to record a podcast episode about it. Yeah, and the other thing I have to say is I, I went to Allison Roman's Twitter to read her apology, and it seemed kind of good, but it was so fucking long and boring. It was, oh yeah, two, required two screenshots from her notes app. Yeah, it was. And not like my my notes app is not that wide. Mine, I got I got a way skinnier notes app than that. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was like hefty. Um, yeah, it was actually like seemed like a reasonable apology, but yeah, um, it's it's definitely one of the better apologies. A very, um, it, it's like she read she's she's read a lot about how terrible other people's apologies are, and Except again, it's still rare. so long. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it's rare. Well, you have to be long to be if you want to get your point across at how you understand that you completely fucked up, that your views are completely fucked up and that you need to put in the work. Like that's hard to summarize. I mean, the best apology is always, I'm sorry. And I'm so I'm what I did was wrong. And I'm sorry that I caused pain to you. Just like, (laughs) like just, just sort of focusing on the other person and admitting you were wrong. That's like all you need to do. But everyone's the problem with all uh, everyone's apology overall is just that they want to make ex, they want to justify why they were wrong and but everyone is human and everyone makes mistakes. Just admit you were wrong and that you did something that hurt someone else and move on. That's yeah. that's all you can do. No, no one that, cares about like the headspace you were in. You know. Yeah, that is the the common apology that is is terrible that we always see like 98% of the time. And I mean, it's, it's also very hard to get out of that habit of trying to explain yourself instead of trying to, to provide an apology. I know because like, I, I know what a terrible apology sounds like and I still make them a lot of times. I'm like, Oh, I I haven't learned. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, as much, as much as I want to and put into practice, like I can catch myself being like, Oh, okay, wait, I'm getting, I'm venturing into a shitty apology territory here. 
Uh, let me read an excerpt from it because as you've said, it, it's way too long. Uh, I asked myself a lot this weekend why I said what I said. Why couldn't I express myself without tearing someone down? I definitely could have, and I'm embarrassed I didn't. Among many uncomfortable things I've begun processing is the knowledge that my comments were rooted in my own insecurity, my inability to appreciate my own success without comparing myself to and knocking down others, in this case, two accomplished women, is something I recognize I most definitely struggle with and am working to fix. I don't want to be a person like that. I'm not the victim here, and my insecurities don't excuse this behavior. I'm a white woman who has and will continue to benefit from white privilege, and I recognize that makes what I said even more inexcusable and hurtful. The fact that it didn't occur to me that I'd singled out two Asian women is 100% a function of my privilege. Being blind to racial insensitivities is a discriminatory luxury. Uh, So yeah, like I said, this is like, she's clearly addressing how she fucked up and uh, acknowledging, like not sugarcoating why she fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I said, I thought it was a reasonable apology. It was too long. I didn't want to read it all, oh, but I, 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 like I was saying, I read snippets like that. It seems good, and it was not doing the wrong stuff. So, while we think it is a good apology, of course we have we have to say it's not our place to say whether, <laughs> whether or not it should be accepted by 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 anyone. Um, again, in our in our own advance apology, being being two men who really shouldn't have any say in any of this. (laughs) Um, And and you'll see see that in the replies there. Like it it replies to the tweet of a lot of people still don't think that this is good enough and it's their right to think so. Yeah. That being said, I, it's like, this was a really poorly said and I think, Yeah, you know, just like the, the statement was like, I would not have said this this way. But mm-hmm. I, I, I think what she's getting to is kind of like this like anti-consumerism mm-hmm. ethos of like Instagram. Okay. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, be- before you go into this, I should we should put in the disclaimer that. Uh, what what you're gonna go into is not trying to defend what she's gonna what she said because uh, obviously a lot of it was was awful, um, but we recognize that she was trying to make a point that she completely failed at making, uh, mostly because it's overshadowed by um, I don't try try bringing bringing up the example she did and presenting it the way she did but there is a point somewhere in there that we're trying to get to because uh i don't know it, it merits discussion yeah so, so what i'll say is that what she says about Marie Kondo i think is just wrong and mm-hmm. and mostly and mostly stupid but i don't know actually yeah and i like and i don't actually like i mean like, i don't know a ton about chrissy teigen but it doesn't like well the thing she talks about with chrissy teigen is just like this influencer like instagram like cycle of just like trying to get famous and then parlay that into like branding something Mm -hmm. which a lot of people don't like and like i I think there is like a lot to like dislike about it but like so some of those traditional like cap critique of capitalism is this idea that like capital owners you know very traditionally like a factory owner owns the factory and workers come in and they work and the workers are producing all the 
are the people producing all the stuff that comes out of the factory. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the factory owner, because he owns the factory, is able to, they make like, say, you know, 100,000 uh, like iPads or something. And they sell them for like $100 each. And the factory owner, because he owns the factory, he's doing no work. He just owns the thing. He has a piece of paper that says it's his, you know, makes makes like half the profits of that. And sort of this idea of like he's extracting surplus labor because the workers are willing to work for like $50 per iPad or whatever. Um, and he's able to extract a difference between what he can pay them and what is actually produced. And he has this position of power. Um, and that's like the traditional capitalism is unethical because it's extracting the surplus labor and the capital owner is not. And I feel like a lot of that kind of discussion has really been like, we've just obsessed about celebrity and sort of how, you know, she's sort of like, Oh, she's, we're putting her names on product and now she's going to make money instead of the workers making it. But it sort of is almost like anti-consumerist that the problem is not like that someone is making like the problem. The problem is not that like people want cookbooks or that people want like uh, cutting boards. The problem is just sort of this like class of people who are able to like extract all the value um, from the people who actually make the cutting boards. And, and, and I think that's like. Yeah, no, I I see what what you're saying. Like in this case, it would be, um, um, Miss Kondo and T- Miss Tegan. Basically, that they would be the the ones seeing most of the profits, and the the laborers would be seeing very little of the wealth they're generating. And yeah, when when they're only seeing it based on their 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 status as an influencer or as a brand, and instead of you you know they're not they're not actually producing the things themselves yeah and it gets like really confused when you get into celebrity because like oh they are like you know this thing has value because people want to be like them or like people want to um follow the trends and be like on on like you know up on the social trends and that's like why this stuff has value and they're able to sell it for more than a car like a, a cutting board without someone's name on it the most important power relationship is still just sort of between the person who owns the factory and between the person who works at the factory and Chrissy Teigen, like being a celebrity doesn't really change that. It doesn't really change like how people experience that. But I just feel like everyone obsesses over celebrity. Everything has to be about celebrity and not just like, yeah, I, I get you. So I, I, I oh, I feel like this critique is just like overly obsessed about celebrity and not enough about like, Hey, like we should pay the people who make cutting boards more. Yeah. Uh, also something we did, we didn't really talk about, which was part of um, what she was criticizing Maria Kondo for. And which I've addressed plenty of times with other people is this idea that she tells you to get rid of stuff and, then she's immediately turning around and selling you stuff after she's made such a big deal out of you cutting cutting down all your stuff and essentially being well people interpret it as becoming a minimalist and that what she does having a store set up on her site is antithetical to that and 
uh, that, that's part of her critique and um, kind of something that I, I, I saw recently, which even because it feels like we've, we've talked about how people misconstrue the message. That is not what her message is, that you should never buy anything ever again or that she shouldn't be allowed to sell things. Um, and so much so that she's actually addressed this. She did put up a, a blog post a few months ago uh, called a con uh, miss miss marie kondo did this uh, called con marie is not minimalism in which uh she said many people have equated my tidying method with minimalism but it's quite different minimalism advocates living with less the con marie method trademark encourages living among items you truly cherish yeah i think that's um it's really the crux of it as as usual she put it better than we did in like 10 minutes of well we dedicated an entire episode to this and we keep coming back to it because again it it, the message keeps people interpret it the way that they want to and it's it's not exactly what she's going for and i mean the way that a lot of people interpret it really limits limits yourself and limits the joy you can get from (laughs) from this sort of approach to uh how you tidy yep okay have we have we exhausted this topic yeah oh i guess the final thing i want to say is this magazine's called the new consumer which i mm-hmm. feel like on the, on the same line as like making everything be obsessed with celebrity i feel like going into that having just being obsessed with individual like consumption decisions and sort of this idea that oh we have to be the new consumer who's conscientious and just like just just support support the workers when they go on strike and vote for policies that would benefit the workers and but also just buy the cutting board you want to buy it's fine you know yeah there's a there isn't an ethical cutting board you know there really is no ethical consumption under capitalism yeah just just go ahead and buy that uh that plastic oxo one that wire cutter recommends Oh, you! I I can give you um, a referral code <laughs> if if you want to buy if you want to buy it because it is pretty good. Uh, it's a bit it's a bit big it's a bit big, um, but yeah, I prefer like a smaller wooden cutting board. But that OXO one's good. I wish we were big enough to have haters that that called us out about the hypocrisy of talk, being anti-capitalist and having constantly having you plug Amazon affiliate links. Yeah, I mean, I gotta eat. <laughs> <laughs> who's who's, go, who's gonna pay for for my cat to uh, to have all of the um, the the special medical cat food? No, he's got to he's got to eat like because his I think it's his kidneys are weak or something. Oh, he has okay. he has to have a special special diet, and his his cat food is fucking expensive. <laughs> like we need a prescription for it um that's wild yeah i mean it's pretty it's pretty common because i think uh, uh male cats tend to like get like crystals in their their track i, I know this is kind of kind of gross me going into it so uh, some of them require like a very special diet without like a lot of the filler that is typically in cat food and that kind of exacerbates issues that male cats have and uh yeah so it's pretty common stuff 
Um, do we? Like, we can't really talk about Murray's moves lately because one, I, I wanted, I didn't have much warning about us recording this episode, or I ignored the warning because I, I didn't know we were recording today, and so I did not. <laughs> I, if I'd known, I would have given us homework to at least start reading uh, the new book that Mario Kondo released. Um, what's it called? I think it's called Joy at Work, which uh, is pretty much applying her um, her spark joy method, her KonMari method in the workplace. And she released this book at the exact worst time that it could have been. <laughs> Although, you know, so we're, we're not in our offices, a lot of us, or not of our place at work. And uh, we're, we're at home, but... I mean, I, I'm guessing, I haven't read the book yet, but I'm guessing a lot of it can apply to uh, your workplace at home, like your work area at home, whatever desk that you've got set up. Yeah, I would guess so. Or on that, I feel like the other thing I've been thinking about about uh, coronavirus is how I'm not an essential worker. So I just so I just get to work from home and all the essential workers are like all the low paid jobs. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, yeah, those are actually the important jobs, but we don't pay them a lot. Um, and they're taking all the danger to keep our society functioning. So maybe something should be changed there. Yeah. And there's also, to, to keep it on topic, fewer opportunities for them to utilize these methods for sparking joy at work in that they don't exactly have like a, uh, a set or firm area that they can adapt for their yeah. needs so we should we should pay we should take money from me and give it to them is, is yeah i'm saying and um yeah just pay everyone more yeah it's a shitty world out there <laughs> unfortunately and uh i don't know we're trying to add to it as as little as add as little shit to it as possible i mean if that was true we wouldn't have recorded this podcast i I know i i caught i caught myself in the middle of saying it and i was like am i gonna get myself out of this and i was like well i I can't so all right um okay (laughs) i guess (laughs) It's it's so weird that we have we still have this this section for my my Eric Eric shirt report <laughs> Eric shit report Eric shirt report um when we don't we don't have any more episodes of tidying up to comment on with people wearing shirts and also what didn't a re- report come out today that um retail or uh, retail purchases are down by twenty percent most of that due to apparel purchases being down by 80% for the month of April. 80. Uh, wow. Yeah. So 70 to 80. I think that's year over year. And um just because nobody's buying shit, clothes least of all. Like <laughs> like there's just no reason to if you're if nobody sees you, you're just at home wearing the same shit all the time. Uh, what what have you been wearing, Kenny? I bet you're, you've been working from home. Yeah, so since since we went to Vermont, um, I brought probably ten t-shirts and then um, one flannel or two flannels and then like three sweaters and mm-hmm. uh, I think like three pairs of jeans 
and that's what I've been wearing. So yeah, because um, you you don't have access to your full wardrobe. Yeah, the only thing I really forgot that I need to order more of was I've been running a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I need to order some running shorts. Um, because it was like we we basically just like oh we let's, we should get out of here, and like packed up as much of. But it's just kind of like, damn, I forgot that. I didn't realize we were going to be here. Like, I thought we were going to be here for like, I don't know, like two months or something. Mm-hmm. But it's looking more like the whole summer. Man. Yeah. Um. I have been, I mean, I have access to my, wait, what do you think about this sort of idea i saw an article earlier about how people should still be dressing up even though they're working from home like like i mean dressing dressing out for for business i mean i think i think that some people need stuff like that to feel okay about themselves Mm -hmm. and i think but i think i don't think it should be mandated yeah like i think people should just be conscious and be like okay if i don't like i know that like if i don't take a shower in the morning i just like start feeling like shit yeah so it works for some people but i mean don't look down on others because they want to be comfortable at home Mm -hmm. or they just rolled out of bed to get up make this zoom call on time (laughs) like i have some uh, appreciation that people are even working (laughs) right now (laughs) with with how stressful life is uh so for me, um, like I, I have days where I just wear sweatpants, like reasonably nice and clean sweat. I'm still doing laundry every week, like get get some tapered joggers on. Or um, I also like still dress up reasonably nice. Like I'm not wearing a button up every day. Like sometimes I'll wear some nicer pants, but it's mostly just like a just like a Uniqlo shirt. Or some heat tech, or something. Uh, nothing fancy, but cleaning up. Okay, like I'm like you. I need to take a shower in the morning. I need to have clean clothes on, and I even when I'm like home for a really long time or on vacation, I'm not wearing the same thing several days in a row. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just personally, it's not something that I can do. Yeah, yeah. So I've I've been. I've been wearing sweaters, which has been nice, um, which feel 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 nice ish because um, it's been chilly here. And then, yeah, oh, the big thing for me is um, my hair is really long, and I really need a haircut, and it's really bugging me. Um, so I'm gonna convince Claire to cut my hair once we get some scissors. Nice, yeah. I was uh fortunate enough that Alexis had uh has some clippers and she was able to give me a pretty good fade um because like if i tried to do it myself it would have looked awful yeah um something we kind of touched on like with you say that you still need to buy clothes because you didn't bring anything anything down with you like you need a few items that you didn't necessarily account for but other than that like for me I found like my spending has dropped down to like almost non-existent. I barely buy buy any new clothes. Like I even going into this uh, sort of pandemic or this actual pandemic, um, 
<laughs> yeah, it all it all went down during Lent when I was um actively abstaining from buying things online and buying um non-essential stuff online or buying from Amazon. And so like as, as soon as as soon as uh Lent ended, I I just kept that same energy and just haven't felt the need to buy anything. Actually, um uh, I'm I'm wrong on that. I did buy some uh, sui coke slides last week because I needed some for just walking around the house. Nice. Yeah. Um, um I so knowing what you do now, would you would you still do Lent the same way? Like knowing that this was maybe gonna be one of your last chances to shop for a little bit? No, I mean That's good. It's it's good to not spend money and like focus more like we pretty much used our the stimulus money we got to like pay down some debts and just using the money that I would be spending on things that uh, again are non-essential on just shoring up our our accounts so that uh, we've been been very uh, fortunate thus far in that we've been able to keep our jobs but you never know in this yeah. sort of environment it's a scary that, time yeah it could all go to shit any minute and like I mean low-key my, my, I, I need to replace my furnace and my, my air conditioning unit. So it's already got, gotten kind of shit in there. So I need to save up money for that instead. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my buying habits have definitely changed. And actually, it does kind of suck not being able to wear my nicer shirts. Like I invested so much in clothes mm-hmm. to wear for work and look decent for work. And then... I, I still wear some of it at home, but not as often. Um, yeah, I think that that kind of sucks. I mean, it's kind of hard to be too upset about that when I have my work and uh, I have my health. So I don't know. I don't know, Kenny. Yeah, it's fucking it's, it's rough. So we usually talk about what tidying we've done. Um it's kind of weird for you because you're not in your your apartment and yeah. you're you're taking up residence in someone else's home like are there is there still like s- stuff that you are mindful that you're tidying um yes yeah, so i like help out with like doing the dishes and stuff like that um but it can't really like tidy in the in traditional sense what i like to say is i've been tidying my body because i've i've been running every day to keep to keep saying yeah i mean um, that's that's great like i know you've talked about wanting to do that after falling out of habit for yeah a while. it's it's the most i've ran since high school which is pretty pretty wild and it's like really difficult to work out right now like it's it has been for me too yeah um like i had for a couple of years like a a really good habit of going three to four times a week to my gym but yeah, I can't go to the gym anymore, and it's so hard to do it. Do anything at home when you have to change your your entire workout, and it's so much easier to just sit on the couch or or sleep in. Um, yeah, so it's pretty good that you've been able to to still be active when it's it's very hard to right now. Yeah. So tell me, tell me what what you've done. Um, so kind of keeping <laughs> with, with the Conry method, 
once again, keeping a bunch of boxes around the house from from things that people have shipped shipped me has has paid off in that. So going into this, like, um, I have to give some backstory to this. I apologize for not just jumping into it. Uh, I used to work from home when I did a freelance and I didn't have a steady salary job and I did mostly contract work. Um, and I did that for uh, like five to 10 years or so. But when I stopped and I started going into an office, I never used my office anymore, like my home office. And I didn't need a lot of the stuff in there. So I got rid of like my keyboard, my desk, my mouse, um, a whole bunch of cables, a whole, like even my external monitor for a bit. And so all of a sudden I have to return to work from home, something that I didn't ever predict going to back to. And then I was completely without stuff to have an office, a home office. And so I had to jerry rig a setup where I'm using like a folding table that we had in the basement for my desk and I wanted a standing desk set up and I did not want to pay 300 to $1,200 on a standing desk or one of those motorized things. So I was able to set up with uh, a bunch of boxes. Oh like my I, God. I, <laughs> I sent you a photo of this, of my um, Did you? standing desk. Yeah, my standing desk. Oh, actually, I sent it to Claire and Claire showed it to you. Okay. And... <laughs> Of like I I have a, a an old box that from a humidifier that we purchased and I have it turned on its side and then I have my monitor on top of that so that when I'm standing it's at eye level. So basically I'm using using all these boxes and to set up a standing desk setup because I also have to raise my keyboard when I'm standing up and uh, <laughs> it's it's a very cheap standing desk solution that uh, I've been able to to do thanks to um, keeping boxes that didn't keep me joy, but are great for organizing things. This wasn't where I thought I was going. I thought you were, you're using the boxes to rearrange some drawers. No, I've done that already. This is the next, next level. Like those, I did that with the small boxes and I needed something to do with the big boxes that I've held on to. Okay. <laughs> I'm impressed. Um, other than that, like, yeah, I've been, I've been doing my usual tidying stuff. Been washing dishes a lot more because we're eating all our meals at home now. So we're using a lot of dishes. And that that's something that's different for, for us. Like, I think it's been, what, two and a half months now that we've eaten every meal at home, which I don't recall I've ever done, like, in my entire life. Like, maybe... A month or so when i lived in the philippines for a bit but just eating a home home cooked like a lot of times it's just stuff that we have that's frozen heated up but it's still not going out not ordering delivery so that's new for us yeah um so since we're with clay's family and clay's mom has been cooking a lot for us and she's very excited about this mm -hmm. um, i think she had like a rough time at first because it was like harder to go to the grocery store but i think she was really excited to like be able to cook for everyone and it's yeah so there's five of us here and it's 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 been nice <laughs> we, we we mentioned uh allison roman 
um, and her the, the the shallot recipe that she became famous for. You can probably find it if you search for it on YouTube. Um, but I'm actually planning on making that tonight. <laughs> we made it so, last week. Yeah. Rather Claire uh, made it. Yeah, I, I just want to try. I've I've actually have you tried that uh, her salted um, cookie recipe, chocolate chip cookie recipe. I haven't. We had our uh, cinnamon bun recipe. Mm-hmm. How was that? Um, we got a little burnt. Not gonna not, not gonna lie. But... <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, it was it was weird. I I think I made this like about a year and a half ago, and I never realized it was her her recipe that she became famous for. Um. But yeah, so I don't know. It's it's actually like I I was kind of conflicted about it. Like, should I, um, still be consuming her content, or like it's not like I bought her book or anything, or did anything that uh she would receive money for, uh, just because I I grabbed these recipes from Epicurious.com, so it, not even like the New York Times didn't register a click for for these for me looking up the recipes but i don't know i think it's fine yeah her apology is okay um and and again i'm not saying on behalf of all asians we accept this apology (laughs) but but i i think it's it's still okay to to dive into yeah the The way i do it is that I follow this stuff because because drama is entertaining. But unless unless someone's doing some serious crimes, if they have a good pasta recipe, I'm gonna eat the pasta. It's too much. Yeah. It's too much energy to like keep on top of who's said stupid shit. Mm-hmm. But you know, if if Mark Wahlberg makes a makes a, a cookbook, I'm not gonna buy it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's completely different. But yeah. <laughs> Or um, no, we we don't need to bring up more problematic people. Woody Allen. <laughs> we don't we don't know. We can I'm not not buying the Woody Allen cookbook. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> um, what what have we learned this episode, Kenny? Um, I've learned that we were better off when we weren't recording episodes because I feel like we just made everything worse. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, I think I learned, I, I, I learned it just how much you dislike a long apology. Um, <laughs> do you think it's just, you dislike long apologies in general? What if somebody's apologizing to you? Oh, man. Has that ever happened? Or have you always been in the wrong? I, you know, I do spend a lot of time <laughs> in the wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I think it would bother me. Yeah. If someone had a really long apology, because I feel like a certain point more words are only ever try- trying to like deflect blame mm-hmm. and not like, I don't know, like if someone's really done me wrong, for the most part, I don't want to like spend more time with them or on the subject. Like it's enough. If someone's care about it, it's enough for me to know that they said, I'm sorry I did this thing. Yeah. And if it's someone I don't care about, I'm fine with them apologizing for politeness sake, but I, if they're what they did was actually wrong, I probably just don't want to talk to them anymore. So I, I say that because the example you gave of 
an apology. I wonder if you would accept that if someone gave that to you. Like, yeah. It was very curt. Yeah. You would accept you would accept like, oh my bad, I was fucked up for that. Yeah. Okay. And I, I would either be like, no problem or thanks, depending on you know how I felt about the person. Yeah. All right. Well, um that's good to know. I can keep that keep that in mind <laughs> in the future. Um, how, how else, how do we usually end these? It's been so long since I've done one of these. Oh yeah. Don't forget to, um, what, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Do those yeah. still, does that still matter? Or Apple podcasts or, um, Spotify. Spotify We've got to get some of the Spotify money. <laughs> yeah. We, we got to get some of any money, Kenny. <laughs> I, I'd be happy with anything at this point. Um, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll hawk some 1999 cutting boards. <laughs> 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 Sign me up, stamp my name on it. <laughs> Listen, the guy who might not want to put her name on it, but we'll, we'll put the condo comrades logo on yeah. some cutting board, sell for 1999. Let's go. <laughs> like, how hypocritical would we be for that? Because <laughs> they would definitely be made in. Um, in like a Southeast Asian country. Yep. Uh, okay. Let's, let's end it there. Thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you. If you made it all the way to the end of this episode, um, we hope you're all doing well. We hope you're all healthy and yeah. um, that it's not too much of a struggle for you right now. And that you found, found things that bring you joy in this pandemic.